Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord this morning. First, I have to say, wonderful job this morning for coming here this morning. You all sound wonderful, wonderful. As mentioned before, I am Daniela Achman. Most of you know me by Danny. And I'm just very grateful to be before you today to bring you a message on this morning. have to thank a few people this morning, starting off by giving glory to God for having me here today and giving me the confidence to speak in front of you this morning. <laughs> and the pastor, though she couldn't be here today, she guided me on this spiritual journey. She's always believing in me and I know she's watching right now, supporting me from her home. Then I have to thank my parents who are here with me today, Glenda and Tad Ackman. <laughs> My mom would like me to mention that she is my momager, and she has been for a very long time. (laughs) And my dad is still, he's one of my biggest fans, of course. (laughs) My granddad, who's here today, Mr. Raymond McAllister Sr. Thank you for being here. And my grandmother, the late Pearl Jenkins McAllister, who I know is watching over me today. My uncle, Mr. Raymond McAllister Jr., who is always showing up and showing out. You see him in his suit. (laughs) My sister, Gabriella Ackman, who is always finding a way to keep me on my toes and push me in different directions. My friends, those who could be here today, those who are streaming online with us, I feel your support. And of course, the church for being here today, those who you came to church this morning and those of you who are streaming online. So thank you everyone for being here this morning. So I'd like to go to the Lord in prayer if we could bow our heads. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for waking us up this morning and starting us on our way to bringing us here safely so that we can give your name praise, God. I pray that the message that you brought for your people today, if it doesn't touch a hundred, that it touches one person. And God, that it brings them closer to you and that they hear the word that you have for them, God. I pray that you put a cloak over me so the people do not see me speaking to them, God, but they hear the word that you have for them, today, God. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So first things, I'm going to call my brother Malik up here. He's in the back, so I'm going to give him a second to get up here. (laughs) I'm going to start off with a little story today. So if you saw me earlier this morning, I have this big, this is my personal gallon water bottle. I have a gallon-sized water bottle. I try to drink in it a day. Malika see me at choir rehearsal. If you see me at 6 p.m., it's just like close to the bottom. But this morning, I, I barely got started. <laughs> so I have a gallon water bottle. If you see me, you think that's a lot of water. It's a little crazy for someone to drink that much water. But I got it because honestly, 
I don't like filling up my water bottle. It might be lazy, but I don't like finishing, you know, one of these water bottles and then having to go grab another one. Just me personally, you might be better than me. But I don't like filling up my water bottle, and that's why I got it. But I realized sometimes we begin to feel accomplished, but it's to the point where we let it stop our progress. And I thought that's how we speak to God sometimes, right? We, we feel accomplished in doing something, but we let it stop our progress. God, I know I don't, I don't read my Bible during the week, but I came to church this morning. This is, our, this is our one bottle of water for the day. I came to church this morning, and we let that accomplishment overshadow the other things that we could be doing. We know we're supposed to be drinking, it's about eight glasses of water a day. Eight, so maybe eight of these a day. But God, you see this one that I drank, right? You saw this one that I'm giving to you, still something. But we know we could be doing so much more. We know we can volunteer more in the church, but God, I came to church this morning. And God, you know, I live in Durham, so that's 25 minutes I came to church this morning. So, <laughs> you see, the way our body isn't satisfied with one glass of water, God is not satisfied with the bare minimum either. We can't drink a gallon one day a week and drink a bottle all the other days and expect to see the results. We can't come to church every Sunday and expect to see spiritual results during the week without doing anything. Just like this morning, right, Miss Monica, we had academic recognition. And I have to say congratulations to everyone who was presented an award today, those who have all the great grades and the accolades. Congratulations. <laughs> But those students did not receive the grades that they received because they went to class one day a week or because they studied for one test during the week. It's an accumulation of all the hard work that they did throughout the year to reach that achievement and reach that accolade that they received this morning. Just like we can't show up to school one day a month and expect to see results for the entire year. Just like your teachers don't want a slacking student, God doesn't want a slacking disciple either. <laughs> so yeah, thank you. thank you, Malik, thank you, thank you. That, that was my mini, my mini lesson. I, I could have sat down, but I'm gonna give you some more this morning. <laughs> I think I didn't have, I didn't think I had enough to say this morning, but. God always provides. <laughs> so the lesson today I have for you is look in the spiritual mirror. Some of you may know I just turned 20 years old a couple weeks ago. It's very, thank you, thank you. <laughs> it's kind of odd to think about because most of you saw me growing up in the church and you remember me when I couldn't remember me, but I'm, I'm 20 years old now. <laughs> And what I'm learning as I'm growing older is how we perceive ourselves and how other people perceive us. And especially with social media. Social media is a growing popularity and we're constantly looking at ourselves, we're looking and judging ourselves, we're looking at other people, we're judging other people, and we see the way that people perceive themselves on social media and we begin to think about how that aligns with the person that they really are. It's a habit and it's our routine because it's the world that we live in now. We're constantly thinking about how we look. We're looking at our reflection to make sure that it's presentable to other people. 
We love to look in the mirror to see how much we're changing, right? To see if we're losing weight or if all that workout gear during quarantine is about to go to waste. We love to see if we got a haircut, see if it's looking even or otherwise we're not gonna go to that barber again. <laughs> or we love to see if we're, if we're dressed cute enough to go pick up the groceries because we saw somebody looking at us in the store last week so I gotta keep it up. <laughs> But we need to spend the same amount of time looking in our spiritual mirror. We look at the person, we should look at the person looking back at us and ask ourselves, would God like what he sees? Is this a reflection of my best spiritual self? And to be able to ask yourself those types of questions, we need to develop a relationship between ourselves and with God. And I want to be clear, I do mean developing an internal relationship with yourself, to know yourself and connect that to the relationship that you have with God. You have to know yourself and God enough to have the discernment to know what to ask for. You don't want to ask what other people want you to have. You don't want to ask what the flesh wants you to have just in this moment right now. But we need to figure out what needs to be spiritually fed. God says in Galatians 6 verse 8 that whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. He's directly telling us the consequences of our actions. If you live for the flesh, you die for the flesh. And if you live for the spirit, you die for the spirit. It only takes one look in our spiritual mirror to know who we are living for. Are you living for yourself and for today? Or are you living for tomorrow in your walk with God? You have to know yourself to know what to ask for, and you have to know God to know who to go to for it. That's why a lot of people turn towards worldly ways or very negative ways because they don't know who they can go to to alleviate their anxiety or who they can go to to fill the void that they have in their heart or to gain self-confidence. They don't know who to go to for that. And I chose Galatians chapter six because we're all currently in, or we have been, in a time of need. A time where we wanted someone else to support us and to love us without any judgment, no matter what the circumstances. That's what God calls us to do. He calls us to be those people for other people. He wants us not to judge or to question the situation, but to take on the burdens of others and restore their hearts and minds gently. Yeah. I, I want to point out the word gently. That's the key word in the verse. This is the first verse in the sixth chapter of Galatians. Before God tells us to help other people, he tells us how to help other people. It says, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the spirit, AKA my people, my disciples, my followers, you should restore that person gently not through anger or through yelling, but through the soft and healing touch that God always used on us. We know God doesn't approach us with an I told you so mentality. We don't, we don't go to God and ask for forgiveness and he says, well, I told you not to do that. <laughs> so if God doesn't approach us with an I told you so mentality, 
Who are we to think we can do that to other people? If the most high God doesn't do that to us, what makes us think we can do that to other people? If we're strong in our faith, we can heal those people without bringing negativity into the conversation. We should be able to help others and dismiss the evil from both of our lives. So evil is not within that conversation anymore. God tells us that by helping others carry their burdens, we fulfill the law of Christ. We have to step up as followers of Christ to know that even if I'm not struggling today, somebody else is and there's something I can do to help them. We all know, probably you learned in kindergarten or hopefully before kindergarten, preschool maybe, we all learned the golden rule, right? To treat others how you want to be treated. Or in the Bible it says, to love others as I have loved you. But we fail to realize that we should hold ourselves to the same standard. It's great to wake up every morning and to plan to be great and to plan to be nice to everyone that you meet and, and just be a great person that day because I know how much energy that takes. God knows how much energy that takes. He says in Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So God knows that we struggle. He knows that staying on the right path is hard for us because it's a decision that we make every day. I'm talking about on days you didn't wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you woke up under the bed, you just all over the place. <laughs> but you still chose to be your best self, to bring forth your best self to the world around you. But then we go home and we don't treat ourselves with that same level of kindness. Whether it's out loud or if it's in our minds, we begin to demean ourselves and talk down on ourselves. And it can be as simple as, you know what, I don't know why I said that to so-and-so earlier, it was just so dumb, I, I shouldn't have said that. Or I'm not sure how I even got this grade because I'm not that smart, somebody told me I wasn't that smart the other day. Yeah. Or whatever it may be to belittle yourself. Do you really think God wants you to go out and treat other people so well and not show yourself that same level of respect? He, he already told us that we're his children, that we're made in his image, that we're perfect in our imperfections. And sometimes we just need a reminder, right? It's in the Bible, sometimes we don't choose to pick up the Bible, right? So it's not right in front of us. And sometimes all it takes is that affirmation of self-love. So we have different types of learners. We have our visual learners who need to see something in front of them to understand it. We have our auditory learners, they just need to hear you say it and they remember it. And then the textile learners, you might need to write it down yourself or work out that problem physically. And I have a solution for all types of learners. You can go home, I know we all have a mirror because y'all look lovely today, y'all have seen yourselves. So go home, you can take some, some old makeup, some, some lipstick or expo marker you can write on your mirror, God loves you. You're amazing, why? Because God said so. You might look crazy when you look in the mirror, you're writing it, but you have to love yourself to know that if nobody cared about me today, God did. Sometimes you won't have anyone else to tell you that you are God's amazing creation. Your mom might look at you and say, honey, you need to lose some weight. Your dad might look at you and say, son, you're not making as much money as you were. 
Or you're, you're driving your friends around, and they say, if your car breaks down one more time, I'm gonna see the Flintstones pushing it down the streets. <laughs> but no matter what it is, God looks at you and says, you are exactly who and where you are supposed to be. You'll be surprised at how God uses your imperfections or your ugly or what other people don't like. You might not know how to sit down and be quiet, but God will use that as evangelism. You need somebody to talk to, he'll give you somebody to talk to. <laughs> you might have hit rock bottom, been in the worst time of your life, but that means when somebody approaches you, you know how to bring them out of that place and pray over their circumstances. Don't allow your thoughts or your comparisons to other people tell you anything other than what God has already confirmed. And I wanna make it clear what self-love is exactly, because I think that's self-love. It's not to be confused with self-worship. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be a lover of yourself, but you do want to love yourself. Yeah. There's a difference, there's a difference between vanity and obsession and a healthy self-worth. God says to love others as I have loved you. This means that God loved you first. You mean to tell me you wouldn't love what God created? L listen to how that sounds. God, you know, you were really on to something when you said love other people. That was a smart one, that was a smart one. But you mean to tell me other people are supposed to love me back? You mean like you love me back the same way I love you? God is already telling you that you are worthy of his love despite anything that you can do. He says, despite what you've done in the past, I care more about your future. Yeah. Our problem is we don't know how to let it go. We don't. We stay in the same negative place because we think that's where we have to be when God is letting us remove ourselves from that. He's allowing us to change, but we don't want to do the work ourselves. We keep walking the same. We keep talking the same. We keep thinking the same because that's what we think we have to do now. But God is letting us step outside of ourselves and be made anew through him. Yeah. He gives you the opportunity to change, but you have to do the work yourself. Yeah. You have to believe that even if your friends look at you the same and your family looks at you the same, that your heart is changing whether they care to see it or not. Yeah. It should be a reflection in your spiritual mirror. And that same, the same unconditional love that God gives to you is the same love that you should give to other people. There's enough of God's love to go around so we don't have to hog it or keep it to ourselves. We can share it with other people. It's okay. You're not better than anyone else because God loves you. Because guess what? He loves them too. <laughs> No matter what you did to them, or what they did to you, or what you have that they don't have, what they have that you don't have, God tells us it doesn't matter what you have, if you don't have that in addition to love, you have nothing. I, I love the sermonic song y'all sang today, silver and gold, it doesn't matter. If you don't have love, if you don't have God, none of that matters. And if it wasn't clear before, 1 Corinthians 13 makes it ever so clear to us, uses blatant examples just so we can understand it. And I'll read it to you. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. 
if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. God is saying he doesn't care what you have. You could have hit the lottery as we were sitting here and been the richest person in the room. You could have, you could have an undeniable faith that could drag an elephant right in front of me. You could be so smart that Albert Einstein's shaking in his boots. But if you don't have that in addition to love, it's worth nothing. I chose this set of verses, 1 Corinthians 13, verse one through three, because it's the prequel to a, a list of verses that we all are or should be familiar with. But we need to refamiliarize ourselves with the setup, with what got us there. We all know verses four through seven. Love is patient, it's kind, it doesn't boast, it's not envious. But God also tells us why this is true. Love can't be envious because it's an action that cannot be taken through love. Love cannot be boastful because that is for selfish gain, which cannot be done through love. Love is patient because God tells us to restore others gently. The only way to do that is through love. This is how God lays everything out for us. What actions go along with love, what goes against it, what love is, what love isn't, and how to love. He's talking about a true, genuine love, a sense of care for other people, that you want them to be great, you want them to do better. The same positive energy that you give out is the same energy you should want to receive. There's no need to fake it and pretend like you want to do good out the goodness of your heart if it's not true. Because God knows our hearts and our minds, so, so, so we're only trying to fool ourselves. We're only trying to make ourselves look good in our spiritual mirror. God says in Galatians 6, 3, that if anyone thinks they are something they are not, they deceive themselves. You're not trying to deceive other people. You're not deceiving God. So why lie? Why put on a front to make ourselves feel good? God cannot be mocked or deceived. It says it in the scripture. So why don't we be real with ourselves? Why don't we accept whatever bad that we did or felt in our spirits? Why don't we accept that for what it was? Cleanse yourself from it. And then welcome the good that's now coming your way. If you have a clean mind and a clean heart, it doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter what other people think. As long as you're honest with yourself and you know you've changed, you don't have to deceive anyone, not even yourself. Have a conversation with God and listen to how he still loves you despite your imperfections. And see what more you can do for yourself and what more you can do for other people. And I'll leave you with this. The last verse, Galatians 6, verse 10. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong in the family of believers. We have to be willing to do the work, to be our best selves, and be willing to help others be their best selves. God wants the best version from all of us. 
There's no need to lie to yourself. There's no need to pretend you're all that in a bag of chips when you're really not. <laughs> appreciate the work that you've done and appreciate the progress that you've made to improve the person you are as a follower of Christ. And go home and dust off the spiritual mirror and be truthful with what you see. Does the mirror show that you're a member of the family of believers? And use that answer as motivation to continue growing and to continue learning in Christ. So what God wants us to be begins to appear before our eyes in our spiritual mirror. And see if you just look good for God or if you look good for yourself. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-519. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.